1: Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: Okay, and we are live... We're going to let this bad boy breathe just for a second. Make sure our stream is where it needs to be, nice and stable for our awesome listeners out there in Broncos country. Gang, welcome in to the Huddle Up podcast presented as always. Whether it's COVID-19 season, whether it's shutting down everything, it's the Huddle Up podcast presented by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him through thick and thin rain, sleet, snow, coronavirus, flu, you name it. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, how you holding up, bro? I'm doing pretty well.
3: I'm kind of like everybody else a little saddened by the state of affairs in the sports world. It's a collective pause. it's it's unprecedented chat. It's, it's like the first time since 9/11 that all these sports are kind of shutting down right now and it's just it's uncharted territory, no basketball, no March madness, which I love every single year I enjoy watching. it's 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 to me it's maddening and frustrating not only the global pandemic but the fear mongering going on about this virus. We're not going to get into it like we did yesterday's podcast turn this into a corona pod but it's uh, it's very frustrating. Especially considering our plans for the draft, too, which are up in the air with the NFL.
2: I told uh, Nick Kendall yesterday, I said, I'm going to be surprised if, if the NFL ends up folding on the draft, you know, because you're seeing the MLB do their thing, NHL today, NBA, they cancel March Madness, as you said. XFL. The NFL, they're going to be the last domino to fall. They'll be the last one to turn the lights out because they are the big. 800 pound gorilla when it comes to the sports landscape, they keep everything spinning. And so, you know, fortunately for the NFL though, the silver lining is that it is, even though we're about to come up on a couple of huge off season events, it is the off season Zach. So as far as a revenue loss, the only thing they're really looking at at this stage is possibly losing money on what, what may or may not happen at the, in the draft um, in Vegas. So we'll see how it shakes out. But The NFL is holding on for dear life. They are really being, and I I appreciate this, Zach, for whatever it's worth. Regardless of what their motivations are, I appreciate, as someone who covers the NFL, that they are the owners and the commissioner and all the executives are being extremely calm and measured in their response to this thing, as opposed to all the knee-jerking we're seeing across the fruited plain. Well, where the
3: NFL has an advantage, there's no games that have to be played right now. They're the only sport, you know, baseball is getting back in swing, basketball is in full swing right now, March Madness. They don't have any games being played. They just have big events like the draft. And fortunately, the draft is about six weeks away. So by then, maybe this virus will be contained, maybe it'll be resolved, and maybe just life will go on as normal. But I do agree with you. I think the NFL is taking a very... Patient approach, not being knee jerk, not being reactionary, and kind of instilling the fear that all the other sport leagues are. So we'll have to just see what happens on a day by day basis.
2: Guys, today's episode, of course, it's all about the mile high mailbag. We are your football priests each and every week. We're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions, regardless of what's happening out there on the American landscape. And we look forward to doing that today. So Not a lot of news as it relates specifically to football and to your Denver Broncos today. A couple things we'll touch on that we probably haven't yet this week during the podcast. This show, though, as you know, it's all about what's on your mind, so get your questions ready. We're looking forward to talking to you guys. First, just a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at Pod. simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And while you're at it, Make sure you follow Mile High Huddle on Twitter as well at Mile High Huddle. Pretty easy to do. And this is your reminder. We do this once a show to head on over to huddleuppod.com. Not to be confused with huddleuppodcast.com. Huddleuppod.com. I'm gonna put the link here in the stream and you guys can check it out at your leisure. But it is Mile High Huddle, Huddle Up Podcast Swag. We created this store. Based on your demand. We put in the uh, time. Zach especially put in the uh, sweat equity to get that bad boy up and rolling. And we've been steadily adding products to the merch store. Like this hat that you see both of us wearing. The shirt that Zach is wearing. He just put up a new tank top that is sick. That's been selling like hotcakes the last couple days. So when you get some time, head on over there. It's just another organic way to support the show. And you you don't have to break out your wallet. If you want, just hang out with us. Contribute to the conversation. If you are if you got time, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a creative review. There are a lot of things you can do to help support the show. Share the video, and it all helps. It all stacks up and adds up, and we appreciate you.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children
2: Before we get to our awesome listeners, one quick thing I wanted to make sure everyone is updated about as far as the individual response from the Denver Broncos to what's going on with COVID-19. The only move they've really made is they have let all of their employees know that they are they can work from home. They're saying, hey, if your job is the type of job that can be done from home, you can work from home. Now, there are A lot of employees in that building at UC Health Training Center, Zach, that, you know, they might be security, they might be grounds people, they might be, there's some that have to be on site in order to punch that clock, But but the majority of their employees on the business side, they get to work from home, and as of Dove Valley, the war room, getting ready for free agency, John Elway, Vic Fangio, Matt Russell, they've all been at Dove Valley over the last couple of days getting ready for the onslaught that's coming this coming week. And and there's a chance free agency could get delayed. So far, the NFL has been extremely reluctant to change anything as it relates free agency. So for now it's looking like legal tampering period is indeed going to open on Monday with free agency officially opening on Wednesday, but that could change pending a a ownership decision, owners meeting decision and the CBA and whatnot. On Sunday. So we're in a little bit of a holding pattern, but we're going to operate under the assumption that it's happening next week.
3: Yeah, it's just so interesting, though, because players can't take visits. They can't travel to take free agent visits, so how are they going to do that? How are they going to operate as normal unless they just you know wing it and take the chance? I agree with the teams that are kind of limiting their employees and being off the road and not having them scout right now. The draft is a, is a pretty long ways away still, and they have an, enough information, Chad, in terms of the draft. They had at the Combine visits, they've already spoken with them individually. They have a lot of tape to go on. So a lot of these four-hour pre-draft official top 30 visits don't necessarily have to happen. I'm more concerned about free agency because it's right on the doorstep. We're a week away from it, less than a week now. I just don't know how it's going to play out. If the, the personnel can't even travel, coaches can't even travel, how are they going to bring in free agents into the building to talk to them, to negotiate? They do it through FaceTime, through Skype. We're entering uncharted territory, and unless things change, it's going to be wild.
2: Yeah, it's, it, so far it's, I mean, just looking at traffic at milehighhuddle.com, It's been down the last two days, especially Wednesday, Thursday, traffic's been down. Fans are kind of most fans, not the hardcore fans of the Huddle Up podcast. You guys are in the stream right now. You're talking to us. But most fans are kind of in a holding pattern. They're a little bit shell shocked. They're paying more attention to what the news headlines are on COVID-19 than they are necessarily paying attention to what is going on with the Broncos or what's going to be happening next week with free agency. So we appreciate you guys who are still locked in still passionate, still committed to your team, supporting the show. And that's what we're going to dedicate our time to, because we all need that escape. We all need that. I mean, this, this whole thing, this panic thing, it can really wear you down. It can really grind you down into a nub. Everyone needs the escape. And for most of us, Zach, it's football, it's sports and all the other major sports. They've closed their doors. It's shut down for now. The NFL, though, they're still keeping the lights on.
3: Yeah, and I can say even this is my escape chat, even though it's technically work for us, so you Ooh, and you yeah. and I just, would just have fun just hanging in here and shooting yep. the breeze with our listeners and just talking Broncos football. So we hope we can provide that sort of relief and escape for our fans as well. And uh,
2: anyone who's want to talk to us, we'll you know, love to engage with. We're going to hit your questions starting right now because we are your football priests. And we got a super chat to open things up. Across the Pond nicolao mila appreciate that appreciate your donation and if i butchered your name i apologize my friend jumps in with a five euro donation thank you that means the world to us my friend a loyal spanish broncos fan here love your work well we uh we love you thanks man we appreciate you means the world to us let's see what's on holden's mind here what's your guys thoughts on the linebacker davion taylor from cu Maybe another Colorado kid for us, Lindsey Reisner-Taylor. Don't forget, Juwan uh, Winfrey. Um, it's interesting you bring up Davion Taylor. Holden, hopefully you saw that article from uh, Luke yesterday, Luke Patterson, one of the, the newest staff writer at milehighhuddle.com. We sent him up to the Wyoming Pro Day in Laramie, and then that was on Tuesday. And then Wednesday was the CU Pro Day at, uh, up in Boulder. And so Luke made the trip to both of those, and he got an up-close look at Davion Taylor, and he said that uh, everyone around him, all the scouts, all the media that were in attendance were blown away by what he was doing on the field. Sounds like to me, Zach, this kid, I mean, he's very athletic. As a linebacker, though, he's only 225 pounds, so he can bring some of that twitch and speed and athleticism that you need. You worry about him getting washed out in the running game. That's usually – it'll probably take a couple of years for him to get up to speed become a complete linebacker, but – listening to guys like Luke who were plugged into the scouts and hearing what people were saying at that pro day, the belief is that he has what what it takes, Taylor, to be a three-down linebacker. That means cover, tackle, the whole nine yards, but it's probably going to take him a little bit of time. I'm hearing late day two, early day three pick. Yeah, that's one of those guys
3: who needs about a year or so at least in the NFL conditioning program to be up to speed. He needs to put on some bulk and survive the day-in, day-out grind of playing every snap in the NFL. I believe also he has the base, he has the talent, the ability, the upside to get to that mark, but I'm with you. Late day two fringe guy, probably a day three guy when it's all said and done, but I'd love for him to land in Vic Fangio's lap. We all know how good he is developing linebackers, and uh, the Broncos need depth at both spots,
2: so I'd be all for it. By the way, guys, let me welcome in everybody who has been hanging out in the room before we hit the old go live button. Terry, Buana, Brian, Duke, Jim, Rod, Benjamin, Amaro. It's good to see you guys. Amaro, by the way, I'm curious if you're on Twitter because I was trying to tag you uh, as a Super Chat superstar after yesterday's show and I couldn't find you on Twitter. So if you are on Twitter, holler, let me know who you are so I, I know what your account handle is. But uh, Welcome in, everybody. Let's see what we got here by way of questions here. I just want to go to the top real quick, make sure I didn't miss anybody that actually had a question. Yanis on Facebook. Our friend wants to know, between offensive tackle and wide receiver, what position would have the biggest drop off from what should be available at 15 versus what would be left when the Broncos pick in round two? Zach? Offensive lineman, for sure. You can still get a quality
3: day one starter in round two with uh, Rager or Chenault, but you're not going to get the same level of
2: talent in Werfs or Beckton in round two on. So definitely offensive line. I don't disagree. I do not disagree with that take. Um, and again, I'm still pounding the table for not any blue chip, non-wide receiver, non-quarterback, non-running back prospect at pick 15. Just because – you know, we all we all know the kind of the state of, of things at running back. You got Philip Lindsay, you've got a one A. I understand you might want to add a one B, someone to help kind of take the load off his shoulders. I mean, you could get by. If you had to play a football game today, you can get by easily with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman as your one A and one B, or your one and your two. They just need a little bit of depth. That's why stay away from running back in the first round. Stay away from running back in round two or three. About round four is where you start making it a conversation, and there might be some really good ball carriers that are there at that point quarterback if you take one in this draft class got to be late round go out there and I agree with what Nick had to say actually Nick Kendall published an article earlier today Zach I wanted to get your thoughts on it his basic premise is that the Broncos considering that Drew Locke missed time last year and considering with an injury and considering just the overall trend of the NFL 52 different quarterbacks played started a game last year for in the NFL which is surprising number if you really think about it. And it just goes to kind of hammer home how important it is to have a viable backup because the odds are you hope against it, right? Knock on wood. But the odds are Drew Locke might miss a game or two with ding, cut, bruise, whatever it might be. And even missing out on one game, like losing a game that you should have won because you didn't have the right quarterback can cost you playoff berth, can cost you division title, can cost you trip to you know where you want to go. So he's advocating that the Broncos can't afford, this is Nick Kendall, to scrimp on the backup quarterback. And he's saying go out and get a guy in free agency. You might have to pay him a little bit of money, but go after a Matt Moore, go after a Chase Daniel, go after a Case Keenum, some guy that's got some starts under his belt. You shell out five, six, seven million per year. You hate doing it, but it's better safe than sorry. I agree with the premise that you need a viable, you know, adequate quarterback
3: behind Drew Lock just in case you want to try to salvage your season. But a, it's not going to matter if Drew Lock goes down; your season's over anyway. And, and b, I don't mind an uh, an adequate gu- guy. I don't want a name player. I don't want a high profile backup. I don't want a Case Keenum. I don't want a Flacco. I don't want anyone in the early rounds of the draft that's going to take away anything from Lock. Matt Moore to me is fine. He's he's white bread. He's vanilla to me. He's the, what you like in a backup quarterback. He doesn't really cause waves. He knows his role well. He does his job. But other than that, though, the Tyrod Taylors of the world, anyone who can pose a threat to Locke, I don't want that. I'm not being insecure for Drew. I just think I want him to be the unquestioned guy atop the depth chart. No one that's going to step on his toes or force him to look over his shoulder.
2: Jerry jumps in on Facebook. He says, Do you see a scenario where the Broncos actually miss out on one of the top 6-10 to wideouts? because they skipped taking a wide receiver with the first pick. Please set my mind at ease, because it truly has been bothering me a bit. I really wouldn't worry too much about it, Jerry, to be honest with you. I mean, this is a class that could see anywhere between three to five wideouts go in the first round. It's possible. I'm not predicting that, but I think three, it's a safe bet, will go for sure in the first round. Talking about the two Alabama kids, and then, of course, CeeDee Lamb. Then you got other fringe guys. I mean, talking about Luke again, who was at the, the CU Pro Day up in Boulder yesterday. He was here and just talking to scouts and people there that even with that injury, LaVisca Chenault is still considered a French first rounder by the league. So what I'm getting at, though, is there's going to be some, If if you don't take a wide receiver, Zach, at pick 15, by the time the Broncos roll around again in round two, remember, there's a lot more needs across the NFL than just adding wide receivers. Okay. The Broncos will have a shot at a guy in the second and probably third round. Guys to keep in mind at that point, Jalen Rager's draft stock took a hit. Denzel Mims is probably good chance he'll be there. LaVisca Chenault could be there. There are a lot of options post-round one that the Broncos can hang their hat on.
3: I think all three of Chennault, Mims, and uh, Rager will be there in round two and if the Broncos pass on a receiver in round one they're going to look to get that guy I think in the second round they're not going to wait that much longer and in that scenario with the draft capital they have they can move up and they're not locked into their second round pick they can still move up they can move back into the first round for all we know after taking a guy at 15 like a lineman so I do believe you don't have to worry about all those six receivers being snatched up by the time the Broncos go on the clock they will escape the first two rounds with one of those wide receivers in tow that that is my not-so-bold take.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
2: Leon, I'm going to grab your question next. Hold on one sec, buddy. Steve, dude, you got you to send us a selfie or at least yeah. put it in your YouTube profile pic and then we can see it. But thanks, man. Glad that the hoodie got to you safe and sound, proving in West Texas that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being. Appreciate you, bro. Leon, now that the NBA and XFL are getting postponed, do you think the NFL will be postponed till further notice? We touched on, on this a little bit at the top of the show, but I've been getting a few questions from fans as well about, well, what does this mean for the NFL season? Guys, let me tell you something. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not an expert. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a disease guy. I don't. That's not my bag. But everything I've read from people who are believe that one of the things they're fighting against here, race against time, in a sense, it's also holding out time because the warmer it gets across North America, the northern hemisphere, the less prominent a flu-like bug is going to be. So. My prediction, Zach, is that this is going to die out here within the next 30 days, relatively. that The United States will get a handle on it, like some of the other countries, South Korea, China, have done. And by the time it starts warming up, you get to late spring, you get to summer, this is all going to be in the rear view. NFL is going to go off without a hitch in opening week, whatever it is, September 8th, September 9th. I'm not worried about it at all. The only thing I'm slightly concerned about at this stage is – are they going to let median fans into the draft in right. uh, Vegas at the end of April?
3: Yeah, everything that I've read that said by the spring, by like late April, early May, this will be mostly resolved around the country. So I'm not worried at all about the games being affected or training camp or the preseason. Like Chad said, the only thing that could be affected right now is free agency and the draft next month. And I think by the time that rolls around in six weeks, the NFL will not want to lose all that money, all that revenue. In Vegas this year of all cities, that's a huge get for them. The Raiders' new stadium, their relocation, I don't think they're going to pass that opportunity. We just have to hope by then it's mostly resolved and i think chad and i a little more optimistic than most other people
2: and thinking that it will be guys you are by many orders of magnitude more likely to get struck by lightning than die from COVID 19 okay so take heart in that terry jumps in one of our super chat superstars up in canada with a ten dollar donation thank you terry hashtag state of being indeed we love you terry hey guys fangio's d took about two seasons to take flight injuries personnel With his increased influence with the roster, do we make the jump faster? Zach, I'm of the opinion that Vic Fangio's defense last year, it is more complex. And especially, it was so different compared to what the Broncos, you know, the holdovers had been running since circa, well, post Jack Del Rio. So 2015 on, it was so different that it took some time man. there was a buffering period. There was an upload download period in which these players were doing a lot of thinking out on the grass. That's why you saw it takes so long to register that first sack, register that first takeaway. But finally they started kind of act, you know, uh, acclimating and assimilating this, this information by the time you got down the stretch stack, that defense was humming and you just wish that you had Bryce Callahan. You wish that you right. had Bradley Chubb out there. So I think you're going to see, health willing, this defense start off on a much stronger footing in 2020 than it did last year. Yeah, that was the point I was
3: going to make, is when you lose your big-time free agent slot cornerback acquisition, you lose your your franchise, young, Pro Bowl-caliber pass rusher, and Vaughn Miller is turning in a career-worst season. Those are all three big strikes against you, and I think as the year went on, and the players grew more comfortable, it's not an easy system to learn. It's a, it's a complex terminology scheme. It's not easy to get down in a few weeks, and by the time this season ended, even Vaughn was looking like more of the old Vaughn that we come and know to love, so I think in year two, for sure, the continuity was the most important thing, Chubb coming back, Callahan coming back, Boye coming to the secondary, Justin Simmons still there. The core piece is still in place. You're going to see an even better, of course, but just more consistent, covering tight ends against the run, no big breaks. I just think you're going to see a more well-rounded unit, and they're going to be among the top ten in the NFL, I think, in most statistical
2: categories. Amen. Stephen Conklin uh, jumps in on Periscope. Watch it on Twitter. He says, is Darius Slay off the table? Haven't heard anything about him lately. I think it's safe to say, Zach, that the acquisition of A.J. Bouye, who came and had his physical at Dove Valley yesterday, for what it's worth, amid all the COVID-19 panic, flew in, got his physical, flew out, went off without a hitch. But that trade kind of negated what could have been with Darius Slay. The Broncos aren't done adding to the cornerback room. It's going to continue in free agency. But Darius Slay, alas, is not a free agent. He's another trade guy who'd have to give up a third-round pick plus pay him $15 million or more per year is what he's looking for. So I think it's safe to say that with A.J. Bouye set to make $13 million in base salary this year, you can go ahead and cross Darius Slay off the
3: list. Yeah, we're assuming also that he was ever on the table, Chad. That was a lot of fan speculation, media speculation. I'm sure the Broncos made a call to Detroit, but they probably not – got too far in negotiations having to give up a draft pick and a big contract. They're satisfied with Boyer, but it takes them out of the slay market, the Byron Jones market right now. It's the Mukamara level cornerback. They're looking for
2: in Denver to supplement the Boyer trade. Brian, we appreciate you, my friend. Everyone oh, is yeah. different strokes for different folks, right? I mean, one thing that we try to do mile high huddle as a podcast platform is provide you guys different flavors. Zach and I, we're going to deep dive on on the news. We're going to deep dive on pressing Broncos issues. We're not going to go too super deep into scouting and personnel and X's and O's. We're going to give it to you straight, though, what we know, whereas guys like Building the Broncos, Nick and Carl, they're going to really let their hair down on the draft. Same with Eric and Lance over on Dove Valley Deep Diver. So we just try to hit different buckets with the different shows, and to each their own. Everyone's going to have their preferences, but we appreciate your support, buddy. Uh, Bill, 1293. Albright, Benjamin Albright on Pro Football Network said it's unlikely Derek Wolf is brought back. Said that the Broncos don't want to pay him the money he'll get on the open market. I have not seen that report. I will go search that out after the show, Bill. But what we do know is that Derek Wolf believes he's hitting the market. And I think at this stage, after the Broncos, you know, apparently they haven't quite made him a, an offer yet, Derek Wolfe. But after they had conversations with him at the Combine, Zach, which were considered positive, whatever his agent is telling the Broncos he's looking for, the Broncos obviously don't think he's worth that, and they don't think he's going to get that on the open market. So they're going to let him hit the open market, get disappointed, find out he's not going to be able to get what he's looking for, and then come back to the table a little bit more amenable to talk – on a level the Broncos are comfortable with. I wouldn't write it off, even though Albright is, even if he did say that, which I haven't seen that, I haven't talked to Ben about it. Even if he did say that, I'm not writing Derek Wolf off yet. He's an Elway guy and he wants to stay in Denver. That's powerful motivator. So it all depends and hinges on what the market really thinks of Derek Wolf. If the market's willing to pay him 10 million per year or more, yeah, maybe he ends up bailing.
3: What I appreciate about Derek Wolf is the same thing we talked about yesterday, Chad. He's very refreshingly brutally honest and he said pretty much on both sides the Broncos think he's not worth what he thinks he's worth they said listen go out there shop your wares around you get a better offer great if not come back and talk to us but he also said that he's looking to cash in this is probably his last time hitting the open market where he can get a fairly lucrative deal and I can't hate on that he has a family The, the players need to get what they're worth and get with as much as they can before they have to retire or bow out of the league but 10 a year is not going to happen for Derek Wolf, nor should the Broncos invest that for a 31-year-old guy who rarely plays a 16-game season. He is not the 10-year plan at defensive end for Denver. DJ Reader might be more of what the Broncos want to invest that money in, an outside guy who can play multiple spots, more upside in this scheme. I think if Derek Wolf wants to take six or seven a year, the Broncos will jump for that, but anything higher than eight, they're going to say, listen, too high for us. Go out there and see what you're worth.
2: We just don't think that you're going to get that on the open market. And for what it's worth, I mean – yeah, as Zach said, Derek, this is his last opportunity for Derek Wolf to get that big contract, but he's already made a lot of money. So sure, uh, we'll see how it shakes out. I still think it's a good chance he lands back in Denver, but you just can't rule anything out. It's all contingent on what the market bears for him. Edward, one of our Super Chat superstars, jumps in, sporting the Huddle Up podcast swag in nice. his YouTube profile pic. Appreciate you, Edward. Thank you, Edward. It seems like... Amari Cooper coming to Denver that the story is picking up steam is this true? It's uh it's true that if the Broncos or, or I should say it's true that if Amari Cooper is allowed to hit the open market by the Cowboys, which all signs point to something getting done between now and then, but if he is, the Broncos are interested to the point where they're going to check in with him. How serious yeah. are they going to be when they realize the ask is 19-20 million per year? Yeah. That would remain to be seen. But Troy Rank, who's a veritable insider at Dove Valley, you got you gotta trust what he's saying. As unrealistic as I think it ends up being, there is a base level interest, Zach, for the Broncos and Amari Cooper. Well, yeah, I mean, he's the best
3: free agent receiver, and the Broncos need a wide receiver. But this is how the conversation is going to go: How much are you asking for? Okay, twenty. Bye. See you later. I mean, they're they're just not going to pony up for that. There is no chance he comes to Denver. Nor, like we talked about yesterday, Chad. Even if he was less expensive, he is not what the Broncos need. They don't need a number one guy, a great route runner, good hands. They need a pure speedster, number two, more in the Tyree Kill mold. I uh, Amari Cooper is not that. And he's to me, he's not worth franchise quarterback money, considering his his negative and his and his red flags.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet episode to watch or meme to share the world may not want you to sleep but we do only the sleep experts at mattress firm can help you find the right bed at the right price unjunk your sleep in store or online at mattressfirm.com today
2: harry jumps back in on super chat d with the bears talking about fangio's defense with the bears it did take some time for him to get that ship turned but he was de- dealing with some serious, um, a serious dearth of talent in Chicago when John Fox was first hired as the head coach there in 2015. It took a couple of years for them to just get competitive level talent on the defensive side of the ball. So, And you're right, though, Terry. I mean, it took him a couple of years in San Francisco, took him a couple of years in Chicago. I think, and this was a theme when the Broncos first hired Fangio, that because of the defensive talent that he inherited here in Denver, there's reason to believe he can shorten that curve in the mile high city, but only time will tell. We'll see how it shakes out here. All right, let's, uh, let's see what Duke has to say here. He says, I was working out at the gym earlier today, watching your pod from last night after I got off the fly machine. <laughs> two other dudes were watching my phone. That's while you awesome. guys Talk talking. talk about organic. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, dude. Spread the word, my dog. That's great. Um, Hardy on Facebook. What was the impression of Logan Wilson after Wyoming's pro day? And when might he be taken? The impression is dude is quickly climbing up draft boards across the league. Like he's a he's the linebacker who is going to probably hear his name called I, as early as the third round, but he might end up being like a fourth round guy like Josie Jewell, maybe a fifth round guy like Justin Hollins, but he's going to be drafted. And people were excited about what he did up in uh, – up in Laramie, go check out the article, Hardy, that Luke Patterson wrote. I think it's yeah, it's it's up at milehighhuddle.com. Go check that out. But Zach, he's a guy, Logan Wilson, that I think Vic Fangio could make a lot of hate with.
3: Yeah, big time. He's the next, yeah, you know, he would be his perfect pet project and some guy to develop behind the chub and the behind the Von Millers of the world. So yeah, I'm all for that if they want to wait until
2: you know the mid-round, mid-rounds to get him. Joseph. Jumps in on Super Chat, one of our stu- uh, superstars. Thank you, Joseph. Appreciate you, bro. He says, maybe a free agent player meetings on Skype, LOL. I've seen some premium picks in mock drafts on running backs. No way would I take one then because Lindsey is the starter, and I think there are more pressing needs. I agree. And, you know, Jason Lockenfora was scratching his head publicly in an article yesterday, CBS Sports, NFL Insider, about why the Broncos are putting out these smoke signals that they're looking for a starter. Austin Eckler just got paid. I mean, he was talking about Lock and Fora. The Broncos potentially maybe they should look at a contract framework similar to what Devontae Freeman got in Atlanta. That's a little too rich for me. That was eight plus million per year that Freeman got from the Falcons. I think it's a more feasible, more reasonable what Austin Eckler got, Zach, which is just somewhere between six and seven million per year keep it short term you don't need to it doesn't need to be a five-year deal give him three years give him 21 million bucks guaranteed two-thirds of that or at least half of it and you're going to have a excited fan base you're going to have a locked in committed running back and philip Lindsay do right by him and grab a running back later in the draft if not the college free agent ranks
3: yeah, I actually just read that article by Lock and Ford, and he was like his agent championing him for right. his new deal. He was like really pounding the table with almost like a bias for Philip Lindsay, but um, I don't. I'm not a huge believer in investing a multi-year deal or a lucrative contract in running backs, considering in this day and age how dime does dozen they truly are. But if you lock Lindsey down now, you're beating market value. You're saving money down the road. And like Chad just mentioned, you're rewarding a homegrown guy who's done nothing but give his all to this team since being uh, brought aboard as an undrafted free agent. I mean, it's the a 1,000-yard rusher two years in a row. Former Pro Bowler, I mean, that's really impressive considering what he's done from the Broncos' own backyard. So six or seven, I'm fine with. Though I'm right there with Chad. Devontae Freeman money? I don't think so. I, I have yeah. to shy away from that.
2: You just don't want to pay any running back that kind of money. It's just no. ill-advised. It's ill-advised. Seth jumps in on Facebook. He says, do you guys think we take a wide receiver with our first pick? Put bluntly, yes, I do think that's what happens. Do I want that to happen as my number one you know, wish list hope? No. If I'm looking into the crystal ball – Yes, it's probably going to be a wide receiver, Zach. All signs point to the Broncos really being in love with Henry Ruggs in particular. Yeah,
3: I would say it's about a sixty-five percent chance they go a receiver in round one, followed by you know offensive line would be the next highest percentage.
2: Discount Audio and Wheels D A Dub jumps in on Super Chat, one of our superstars. Appreciate you. Thank you, D A Dub. Everyone stay safe, except the Raiders. LOL. <laughs> Just kidding. Keep it up, fellas. Tired of hearing about the corona. Give me my football fix. Amen exactly. to that, brother. Yeah, That's what we're sure. here for. You guys are our escape as well. You guys are our fix. Just having these conversations keeps us sane as well, my friend. Uh, 187 Soldier wants to know on YouTube, what do you think of Philip Lindsay and a Melvin Gordon tag team? Nope. I'm saying if every dollar you pay Melvin Gordon is a dollar out of Philip Lindsay's future checking right. account, I'm saying. I don't want, I mean, in a perfect world, who wouldn't want that? But you got to think about the politics of it. You got to think about the cap ramifications. I don't want the Broncos to go out and spend money on a starter type running back like Melvin Gordon. All due respect to him. He's a great player. I'm right there with you, but he has
3: injury concerns. I mean, he's uh, durability concerns. He has not much tread left on his tires, relatively speaking, for running backs. Lindsey needs to be the guy like Locke needs to be the guy at quarterback, and I'm willing to just roll with Royce Freeman and a rookie or two behind Lindsey in 2020. No to Melvin Gordon for me. If there's anyone on the open market chat who I I don't want any free agent running back, but Deion Lewis, who was cut by the Titans today, great Mm -hmm. pass catcher. Great hands first and foremost. He would be a lot cheaper than Melvin Gordon, and he wouldn't bring that that competition to the to the position with Philip
2: Lindsay. It's the only guy I would vouch for. Jim Fisher jumps in on YouTube. He says, I think we should go after the cornerback, Darquez Denard. If we don't land Prince Amukamara, what's your take oh, on acquiring that. Denard? Now, Denard's a former Cincinnati Bengals first-round pick. He started to flower a little bit toward the end of his, his rookie contract there, but kind of... Not quite a bust-level corner there. Again, started to pick up some steam a little, kind of a day late, a dollar short, as far as the Bengals are concerned. However, I know there are guys at Mile High Huddle like Eric Trickle who believe Denard would be a great scheme fit for Fangio, that he would be a quintessential Fangio corner. I'm I'm kind of more on the fence, but as a second-slash-third-wave option, you know, if you don't land Prince of Mukamara, and he's a guy that, yeah, I would absolutely consider. I i don't want any Bengals
3: cast-offs. So I never was a fan of Denard in the NFL. Good college career, but he never really panned out as a high-round draft pick. I'd rather go all-in for a Mukamar or maybe someone like Ronald Darby over over uh, someone like Denard. I just want that talent level to be that much better for the millions that I'm spending.
2: J. Fig Vids jumps in for the second day a row on, uh, in, on Super Chat. Excuse me, $5 donation. Appreciate you, you, brother. Two days in a row, y'all. Get me off the coronavirus for at least an hour. <laughs> We're trying. We're, uh, we're at 34 and a half minutes. You got it, dog. We're going to do that. Um, Brent Baldwin, the tall guy on PFF who has the Italian-sounding last name just lost my respect. He made the statement that he wasn't sure Locke was any better than Flacco. Speaking of PFF, I don't know if you guys saw this. I'm going to go ahead and show you guys this. I probably shouldn't because you. I don't want to get any kind of strikes on YouTube, but I am going to go ahead and show this to you. Well, I don't think it's worth it. I'll just tell you what happened. Bradley Chubb is not a fan of pro football. Oh, I saw that. In case you guys missed <laughs> it. Basically, great. PFF, bless their hearts, published a video on social media asking the question, is this the beginning of the end for Von Miller? And they basically argue with each other that, yeah, he's he's on the downswing. And all you know, due respect to them in their defense, Von Miller did fall off a cliff somewhat last year. Now, is he irredeemable? Is he... You know, is is there no going back? I'm not ready to say that. I'm still ready. I'm still willing to consider last year kind of an outlier and just a weird confluence of factors that led to that. And Bradley Chubb, he's probably even for someone like me saying, "Come on, dude, we're talking Von Miller because he quote tweeted the article <laughs> uh, or the video, Zach, saying y'all are losers." Love
3: it. It's it's hilarious to me, and I have a lot of respect for Pro Football Focus and the work they do, and the ratings are definitely important, they, they've become a uh, a mainstream kind of service, but they're not the end-all be-all. I think a lot of NFL NFL fans look to their numbers as the the god, the god of numbers, and they're not always right. They're in, they're not infallible. They make mistakes as well, and to say that Drew Locke is no better than Flacco, it's like saying the Broncos were going to go 2-14 and 14 last year. It's another Adam Rank type of, of prognostication from someone who's not tuned in day in and day out to the Broncos. They will all see, though. All these national guys still doubting Denver, they will see in 2020 when Locke establishes himself and the Broncos are back to the playoffs.
2: Mile high 6 sports up in Canada wants to know how you buy a hat and shirt up from Canada so go to huddleuppod.com pick out what you like go through the shopping cart it'll ship to Canada no problem north america easy peasy it'll ship to europe it'll ship wherever you need it to go my friend huddleuppod.com seth here I think you know our our my philosophy anyway on this is I'd rather wait till later on in the draft because it is such a strong class. Mark jumping in, one of our Super Chat superstars. What's up, Mark? Rocking that swag in his profile pic on YouTube. We love you, bro. What's up, my friend?
3: Good to see you, Mark. We I had a little
2: you. chat on Gmail uh, last night. He reached out, so it's always good to see you, Mark, and to talk to you. Uh, let's see what's up, 12, on YouTube. Is there any alternative cornerbacks you all would be interested in If we don't get Prince Amuk Gamara. So we talked about Darquez Denard, you know, Zach, I don't know if you have anyone off the top of your head, but I can pull up spot track. We can take a quick look again, uh, because, you know, the closer we get to free agency, NFL teams are dumping salary, new guys are flooding the market, you know, the, the closer we get.
3: Darby, Logan Ryan, uh, Anthony Brown from Dallas, good slot guy. There's some mid tier options, but after Byron Jones and after James Bradbury, that market and, and Amukamara, that market really dries up. So the Broncos should be able to get a contributor as a third or fourth guy for relatively low money who can come in and be a veteran and kind of, um, you know, forge the depth and the secondary.
2: Guys, I don't know what's going on with Spot Track, but it's not wanting to load right now. So I would just. It's super unlikely to happen, but I still would throw in there as just keep it as a Hail Mary type possibility of Byron Jones. I really don't expect it to happen, but could you imagine if the Broncos went in heavy, still push pushing to get, I mean, that would be, you're, you're looking at a revamped, potentially no fly zone back in the mile high city, but we'll see how it shakes out here. Uh, James Dean jumps in on super chat. Thank you, James. Appreciate you, bro. So consistent on super chat. James, you should reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let us send you a little thank you for your uh, selfless support, diligent support in the show, your passion. Reach out to us. Let's see if we can't get you a little something-something. He says, time is going so slow. Can we just start free agency in the draft early? I really want to see the front office make some big moves and get us fans going. Just wait till next
3: week. I mean, I don't think free agency is going to get delayed and Elway is going to be super, super active. Even Lock and Four mentioned that in his article, chat that he is expecting the Broncos to make a lot of moves this offseason. So starting next
2: week, just buckle in until then. Let's just hope against hope. You know, we, there there's a potential on Sunday for them to push back the opening of the new league year, which would mean pushing back free agency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. If we get past Sunday without an a announcement, we're in the clear. It's going to go off, et cetera. Aaron jumps in on Super Chat. Longtime listener, longtime superstar. Appreciate you, Aaron. Thank jumping you. Your ten dollar donation. Moving out to Alaska to work on the ocean in April. Hmm. I'll be missing these live pods, but I just want to thank you for allowing me to stay up to date with the team. Your work is appreciated on the water. I'm I mean, curious what you're doing out there. You're doing fishing. You're doing oil. What are you doing out there, Aaron? We'd be curious to know. That means a
3: ton, though, Aaron. We appreciate that greatly. We hope uh, wait to see you again soon, and good luck in your new, your new venture.
2: Ryan, uh, I work for Sports Illustrated, as does um, – we're both mile-high huddles, Sports Illustrated. Where do we get our information? We use our eyes. We use our ears. <laughs> our brains. Sounds... Thanks for being here, dog. We appreciate you. Uh, Duke wants to know where Miss Christie is. I don't know. She Maybe she's got stuff going on tonight. You never know. Um, ooh man, the comment stream is just did one of those jumps on me, and I don't want to. Okay, we're good. Bear with me here, guys. I don't want to miss anybody who has uh jumped in on Hardy. My, you know what's funny, Hardy? My wife <laughs> said the same thing to me every once in a blue moon, she'll watch one of these live pods. She goes, You touch your face too much. We've all got these little ticks, you know. When when you're talking, when you're doing things, you know. If I was in an actual television studio, which I've been in before, the producer would be telling you to keep your hands down, look directly into the camera. They'd be giving you all these technical points. And I know this time of year, with what's going on with the the pandemic, you're not supposed to touch your face. But I will have you know, Hardy, I have washed my hands <laughs> since last I was out in public, so I should be I should be okay. But appreciate the concern, Doc. Uh, James Dean here said, "Yeah, we got enough cap space to get Byron Jones." Uh, Prince, tag Simmons, possibly get Schobert. i would be cutting a little close, though, after that, all that. That would be the dream, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see how it shakes out. All right, James jumps back in, though. Broncos won't go offense in free agency. Fangio already said free agency is for defense. They'll address the offensive side in the draft because they want youth around luck. Fangio said it's a deep defensive line class. Uh, he didn't confirm a report that the Broncos are going to buy a defense and free agency and draft and build an offense through the draft. But all we got to do is use our common sense like you're doing here, James. And most of the holes, as far as the pressing issues Zach, they're on the defensive side right. of the ball. So it doesn't necessarily take Sherlock Holmes to realize, hey, you know, if you're going to spend free agent dollars and the point is to fill roster holes so that you can get to the draft without having some major roster needs, Majority of those dollars probably going on the defensive side of the ball. And also the fact that the
3: talent level on the offensive side and free agency is not its not ideal for the Broncos. No great offensive linemen out there, no great wide receiver twos out there, That's or running backs for that matter, aside from maybe Melvin Gordon, that's the positions the Broncos are going to fortify in the draft chat. So, yeah, it makes sense. It's a very defensive line-heavy free agent class, a lot of good secondary members. That's why the Broncos are prioritizing that and going into offense
2: with the draft. Dopey on YouTube wants to know, if Derek Wolf leaves, who steps up as the next defensive leader? I got two words for you there, Zach. His name is Justin Simmons. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's right. He's getting paid to be one, and I think he's already kind of
3: accepted that role. Also, Bradley Chubb as well, coming back in his third season. He'll be a bigger leader, I believe.
2: Brent says, you guys bring sanity to a chaotic and crazy world. The podcast is usually the best part of my oh, day. I appreciate that, Brent. I mean, comments you. like that, they just it, – it, we appreciate you, man. It, we just humble ourselves. Yeah. Uh, here's one, BNS. Hey, guys, a lot of smack talk about our 2019 receiving core. Did you know that they had the least drops in the league? No, I didn't know that. That's news to me. Debo Samuel, uh, that everyone makes a big deal about, had nine alone. Are we too hard on our guys? I mean, yeah, that's that was a misnomer, and especially as it relates to Deshaun Hamilton. He did right. have the one drop in the season opener. They were sure-handed as a, as a group catching balls from three different quarterbacks. The problem, BNS, isn't so much hands, it's dynamic impact. And outside of Cortland and NOAA, you just didn't really have that. And part of that you charge to the carousel of quarterback. The other part you charge to a first-year coordinator who was very obviously and evidently learning on the job.
3: Yeah, I mean, to the Broncos' credit, they had three guys at one time last year, and Sutton, Sanders, and Tim Patrick all have really good hands. And Drew Locke throws a really tight spiral, chat. He throws a really good ball. He makes it easy on the receiver. so that's why I think the drops will be lower.
2: I see your reaction to this. Dylan, from the top wow. rope, jumps in thank with you. a massive $50 donation on Super Chat. Wow, dude. Thank you I mean, so much,
3: Dylan. <laughs> Nothing to say other than we appreciate that with, with everything inside of us. Phenomenal. Thank you.
2: You're going to get me all choked up here, Dylan, for, for serious, man. Appreciate you, brother. He says, with the XFL suspending its season and letting players uh, to sign with the NFL, is there anyone you see Denver looking into? Um, I There's no one specifically and I would be lying to you, Dylan, if I were to tell you that I've been paying super close attention to XFL games. But here's what I can tell you, that yes, absolutely, the Broncos Will have been paying close attention, unlike myself, to the XFL. And just like last year, they brought in several former Alliance of American Football guys, uh, Devontae Bosby, Mike Purcell among them. They will look at this XFL class to see what they can bring in one or two guys to kind of churn the bottom of the roster and maybe upgrade a, a position or two.
3: Yeah, I haven't watched much of the XFL now. I believe the, the rest of the season is canceled. But uh, P.J. Walker, the quarterback for Houston, I believe, he has been the MVP of the league. So if the Broncos want a backup, they might look outside the box for Walker. Also, some of his offensive linemen doing a great job or did a great job protecting him. They might look to bring him in as well, bring them in. some. I think some offensive reinforcement would come through the XFL uh, crop, but I don't think the Broncos are going to look to jump to get from anyone from that scrap heap.
2: Rod TV says, "I would take. Uh, we assume you're talking Calais here, right? Yes, okay. I think I would take Calais Campbell over DJ Reader for a third round pick. He had a great year, but it was overshadowed by the Jags' poor team and play. I, even though it would mean giving up a third round pick, I would be right there with you, Rod. Personally, as I, and it's not that I don't like DJ Reader, but Calais Campbell. I mean, that would take this defense to a whole other level. He's up there in age; he's getting a little long in the tooth, but we haven't seen a decline in his in his play yet, Zach."
3: Yeah, I was. I don't, I don't happen to think Campbell is still the same player as he was before he joined the Jaguars, and I wouldn't want the Broncos to take on his salary and give up a third-round draft pick. So we'll just agree to disagree. I'm a bigger fan of DJ Reader. He's younger. He would, I think, cost a smidge less considering the cap hits, and uh, he just fits better in the scheme as a run stuffer and also a pass rusher.
2: Sleek Tro jumps in. He says, I've heard news that the Broncos might trade for the first pick. I don't know where you heard that, dog. I kind of like our spot in the draft. What do you guys think? Love you guys. Thank you. Not as much as we love you, bro, but I don't know where you heard that. I haven't heard – I mean, I think there was a report now that I'm – now that I'm thinking about it, Zach, a few weeks back that the Broncos were calling to check. It was shot down by insiders like Benjamin Albright. The Broncos were checking on number one overall. It was very much poo-pooed by the real insiders at Dove Valley, and I just don't see that happen. Pick 15 – You're kind of in the meh section of the first round, but you don't necessarily want to give up the farm to move up unless a guy you have a high-round grade on starts getting close to you around 10 or 11, then you peel off a third-round pick or two to move up and grab him.
3: Like Chad and I always say, the only guy you move up that far for to number one, especially, is for a quarterback. And even if the Broncos did not have Drew Locke starting this season, I don't think Burrow is worth selling the farm for. He's not this generational Andrew Locke-type prospect to me anyway, so definitely not going to happen, number one. I think 15 is a good spot for Denver. Someone will fall in their lap that they need, and I think they'll come away pretty
2: pretty happy. Timothy, we appreciate you, my friend. That's a massive compliment, and it means Wow, a world thank to you. you, yes. DW jumping in off the top rope wow. as well. Goodness Jeez. gracious, guys. DW, wow, man. We appreciate you greatly. Thank you so much. And you've been that's, – that's not the first time wow. you have been so outgoing on Super Chat, dude. And it means the world to us, allows us to do a lot of different things with the podcast, yeah. believe it or not. And uh, that's why we're, we're so hoping that things don't change plan-wise for the draft because Zach and I have some big plans for that. We've already got it basically booked –
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that that helps. That's what allows us to do that. So DW nine six seven three four. We love you, brother. And thank the, you geez, so much. That's just, yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, he says, made it in time. Get in lock as many weapons as possible. If we take a rugs or a Jerry Judy at fifteen, how about six foot four, two hundred thirty eight pound Chase Claypool in the third? I can envision him plugging in two tight end sets as well as four wide thoughts. Absolutely. He tore it up at the combine. I mean, if you could get him in the third, I I mean, it's not a tight ends, not a need per se, because you've got no Fant, And we know that uh, Pat Shermer doesn't run a lot of two tight end sets. So DW, that would be the only mitigating factor is getting him on the field, because from a schematic perspective, it's mostly three wide, 11 personnel from Pat Shermer. Let me just add that we, we love to
3: give it back to you guys. We, that's why we, we were planning this draft meetup. That's why we're, we're rolling out merchandise stores. We want to give it back to our listeners. We want to also reward you guys for tuning in with us. It's not about the donations, just you being here with us, interacting with us, asking us questions. We love just talking with you guys. And we, DW, we appreciate that greatly. Thank you so much. Uh, in terms of Claypool, though, if the Broncos did not just use a first round pick on Noah Fan, I would be way more open to it, but with so many needs, chat, offensive line defensive line, you know, receiver, third round, a
2: little, little too soon for a tight end. Fourth round, though, sign me up. The problem is Claypool's probably not going to last that long. This brings up something I'm curious to get your thoughts on, Zach, and everyone else as well. Anytime you hear – and by the way, Mark, appreciate you, bro. But anytime you hear a fan or a new signee or a new draft pick talk about Bronco Nation, Mm. even Devontae Bosby – uh, the other night in a, in his conversation on Broncos Country Tonight with uh, Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards, used Bronco Nation. A lot of fans get up in arms over that. That it should be Broncos Country. Get it right, Dak. What are your thoughts? I don't take it seriously. It's I mean, it'll just yeah. a lot of people just aren't aware that there was a specific hashtag created for that purpose by the team, coordinated with all the social media companies out there. It's not that big of a deal.
3: And yeah, the thing is, though, like every other team uses Nation, the, uh, Raider Nation, Eagles right. Nation. So it, Broncos country, that's really the only one in the NFL that uses country. I will say, though, one of my first days ever covering the Broncos back in 2016, I published an article and I used Bronco Nation, Broncos Nation as a hashtag. I got right. so much pushback and so much blowback <laughs> yeah. from that. It was like I just committed a murder on Twitter. So um, I understand uh, why Broncos fans are so protective. It's It's truly unique to Denver. So I, I can see that point of view.
2: Edward jumps back in wow, on chat. Wow, thank thanks you. Ed. That means the world to us, my friend. You know that. He says, if Wolf leaves, would you be open to bringing Shelby Harris back just to have someone familiar on the deal oh, yeah. in the Broncos system? Yeah, I mean, I think if, if, if the Broncos write Wolf off or if he indeed takes the first deal he gets on the market, I think that makes the Broncos a lot more amenable to the idea of bringing Harris back because, A, he knows the scheme, and B, Zach – he proved that he's quite a good fit in the scheme for Vic Fangio. Shelby Harris was a guy, Chad. I was literally
3: pounding the table for for the Broncos to resign over Derek Wolf, but then it became apparent to me that Shelby Harris is going to get about 11 or 12 on the open market. I just don't think the Broncos will go that high. Take into account as well, that's how much DJ Reader would cost. So it's it's either or in that situation. DJ Reader or Shelby Harris and maybe Derek Wolf. It's not going to be all three. might not even be two of them.
2: John says on Facebook, I'm seeing drafts, Bucky Brooks, where we draft a linebacker with CeeDee Lamb and Henry Ruggs still available. Is this smart or insanity? Let me tell you something, John. The only linebacker that would preclude the Broncos from passing on either of those wide receivers at pick 15 is Isaiah Simmons. Oh, yeah. and not going to be there at pick 15. So, yeah, we all kind of rolled our eyes when we saw that. Look, we know Fangio can make a lot of hay with linebackers. It seems like – Every other year, the Broncos are tied to a linebacker in the first round. But once you get past Isaiah Simmons this year, Zach, the truth is there are no surefire first-round off-ball linebackers. There's some fringe guys you can make an argument for, like Queen, and uh, I'm missing one. But either way, there's just as you can see, there's just no no-brainer first-round linebacker outside of Simmons. So no, that's it's not realistic exactly what I was going to say. If Simmons on the board of 15, which he won't be,
3: I am running his card up to the podium, but if he's off the board, I am literally ignoring linebacker in the first round, way bigger needs uh, on the offense, especially to take a linebacker at that spot. So
2: not plausible. All right, guys, bear with me one sec because the comment stream just did one of those jumps on me. One second here. I want to get back to kill Akeem. Appreciate you, man. And, uh, Jody wants to know. Here we go on, on Facebook. Montcreef says, Zach, can you tell me what Ruggs does better than uh, Robbie, Robbie Anderson? <sighs> Anderson who it, There's been a lot of buzz about Robbie Anderson and the Broncos the last week or so. Kind of picked up steam, Zach. But, I mean, from an, just a pure athletic explosion perspective, short area quickness, burst, athleticism, straight line speed, hands, dynamism, the only thing Robbie Anderson brings to the table speed uh, is the is the straight line speed that's it.
3: Yeah, I, I assume this is in response to what I tweeted earlier today that I want nothing to do with Robbie Anderson. He's in a draw. I mean, just ridiculous money, 12 to 15 million dollars on the open market for a guy who's very one dimensional and injury prone. I mean, he's not even a proven household name. Why would the Broncos give him 15 million dollars? Go draft a rugs. Let's another team waste their money on Robbie Anderson. Go draft a rugs, a lamb, a Judy
2: at a fraction of the cost and twice the talent. It just makes much more sense to me. Buona B says, PFF acts like they have a scientific solution on football, but I guarantee they have biases. They simply do not have a staff size to have many checks and balances. Yeah, and especially when you get Buona into the grades, and it gets really arbitrary and bizarre sometimes. They do offer and bring a lot to the table with some of the advanced analytics. There are different things that they track and measure and chart That are extremely valuable in breaking down the game and, you know, to to multiple levels of analysis. And they deserve credit for kind of pioneering that in the media realm. But their grades, I mean, grain of salt, dude. It's, it's like anything else. It's subjective. It's one person, one
3: human being's opinion from what they see with their eyes and what their brain tells them. I mean, Chad and I do the same thing. It doesn't mean that we're trying to be like PFF or I'm not a huge believer in analytics anyway, Chad. I mean, they, they help the game. They're a supplement, but they're not the end all be all. It's still one on the field with play. And you know what? I'll take my eyes and the eye test over pro football Focus's ratings. If it's, if,
2: if it's that arbitrary any day. Aaron, I might take you up on that sometime, bro put together an MHH fishing trip up and into uh, Alaska and get some salmon. That'd be awesome. Stay safe. Good luck. Hope you're making money and uh, hope you catch as many pods as you can while you're out there, but you got to focus on making that dollar brother. That's uh, Bronco Batman jumps in on super chat with a $5 donation. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. You, dog. He says, thought I'd bet on after the shower this, sorry, thought I'd get on after the shower this time. You think we'll be in the top five overall in free agency as far as making moves in terms of number of moves. I I don't know. It's hard to say. I think, you know, usually what you see happen after free agency is, and you'll see it from us. We'll grade free agency for the Denver Broncos. But you can't really give it a full grade without the benefit of a little bit of hindsight. So you need a a solid year. Like right now, you can weigh in with a grade on the 2019 free agent hall of the Denver Broncos. And Kareem Jackson was your only success story out of three big investments that you made on the open market. But will they finish in the top five, Zach, overall free agency? What do you think?
3: including their in-house guys, considering the number of them they want to bring back. I mean, I think so. They're going to add a cornerback, defensive lineman or two, including their own guys. I believe, I don't know about top five. I don't know if you can rank the number of moves teams make, because it's so random and unpredictable, but they're going to be very active over the next couple of months in free agency and the draft. They're going to make a lot of roster turnover happen.
2: Deshaun brings up another player that you can probably get second round. Uh, if you're the Denver Broncos, TG super chat, superstar on MHH is Mount Rushmore. We love you, TG. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Hi, guys. Off work for two weeks. Can't travel right now. It's all good. Can uh, can keep up with the guys more. Yeah, man. Well, we're glad to have you regardless of the circumstance uh, circumstances, and you know we appreciate you. Wash your hands. Uh, yes, indeed. Antonio jumps in on Super Chat. $10 donation. Thank you, Thank Antonio. Antonio. Can you see Royce Freeman having a great season like his rookie year with a new – Coaching staff, hashtag, correct, hashtag, Broncos country. Um, I haven't written off Royce Freeman. It's not like you kissed it goodbye. It was just really weird how he built on – he had a really strong rookie campaign before he had that sprained uh, high ankle sprain. Then even in the season finale, he caught like 10 passes as a running back out of the backfield as a rookie, and then just – I wouldn't quite call it a nosedive last year in year two, Zach, but he just didn't take that next step forward that the team, as a former third-round pick, was expecting him to take. I haven't written him off, and maybe that can change with the new uh, coaching staff. I'm open to it. I'm just not counting on it, Zach. And the thing is, the Broncos really tilted it
3: in his favor too, didn't they? I mean, they made it a committee approach. They split carries with him and, and Philip Lindsay, and I think he just showed that he's not going to be this workhorse, this thirty carry a game guy. And after that ankle injury, Chad, in his rookie year, it's just been all downhill for Royce Freeman. Good backup to have, good number two to have, but I think that's his ceiling, and the Broncos realize that. That's why they they're making Lindsay the guy. I think as he should be.
2: Guys, we got time for a couple of more, and then we'll get out of here for tonight. Jody wants to know if Wilkinson, Elijah Wilkinson, starting at right guard, excites us. Zach, I can live with it. Does it excite me? Maybe that doesn't excite me like it would if you went and landed a Brandon Scherf or even a Joe Thune. You know what? It, it, it would excite me on an equal level as Joe Thune. I'm not that stoked on Joe Thune, but I think people are underappreciating how good wilkinson was in 2018 those seven games he started after matt paradis got hurt at right guard that rushing attack took off with when they when Connor mcgovern took over at center and wilkinson at right guard all of a sudden philip Lindsay's busting off a hundo and change a couple of touchdowns running rough shot over teams and you it the big reason why is because of those two guys
3: Zach. Yeah, he's much better, obviously, at guard than tackle, and he's a pretty good run blocker. His, his pass blocking can use some work. I, I would, I can live with it, like Chad said, but I'm not. It's not my top choice, especially when you have a rookie—not a rookie, but a first-time starter—starting all 16 games in Drew Lock, your franchise quarterback. You want to put the best front five in, in front of him as possible, and when you might lose your center, and when you might have Juwan James next to him, and that's the guys that are in between. I would want a more stable presence than Elijah Wilkinson. Great backup, great swing guy, but I'm still looking to upgrade that spot. I'm not resting on him to be the week one starter just yet.
2: Glenn jumps in on Super Chat with a $5 donation. Thank you, Glenn. Chad, how did you and Zach meet up, and how did you find the rest of the MHH team? Cliff Notes version of the story for Zach and I is I started Mile High Huddle back in 2014, milehighhuddle.com as a, as a site, as a Broncos news and analysis platform. And the company that the plat or I should say the network that I started the site on got purchased by the network Zach was on. And so they had a Broncos page. They had a Broncos writer. That was Zach. And when they purchased scout, when CBS sports purchased scout, they merged Zach and I together against our will. We weren't asking for it. We weren't expecting it. Right. But Zach and I just hit it off out of the gates, started working together, made uh, I wouldn't even say made uh, lemonade out of lemons because it wasn't like it was a bad thing. It was a change for both of us, but we just hit it off. And, you know, I said, hey, let's uh, let's get you on the podcast. You want to partner up on the pod and, you know, just kind of start intertwining what we do together. And the rest is history.
3: Yeah, it, it's it took some sorting out in the beginning, I think, for us to feel each other out like any, you know, like any partnership in business. But once we got going, once we start to know each other a little more, I think the chemistry was on point. And, uh, you know, not to pat our own backs, but I think we provide a, a fairly well-balanced, entertaining show. And I think the the results spoke for themselves. So I've loved working with Chad and it's just taken off with the pod. It's been crazy. I never thought of this Chad when we started in March of 2018 that
2: we'd be here, you know, live pods and, and getting this much support. So it's been great. You know, what's ironic is we've only met face-to-face one time. That's right, yeah. But when we did meet up at the Combine last year, it was like we've known each other for like 20 years. It yeah. was, it was. Uh, you know, we just get along. We just hit it off. We got chemistry. We're buddies. It just is something that is not work for us. So we, yeah. uh, we're grateful for the football gods, that karma, having us cross paths because it's, it's uh, made the site better. It's made the podcast better. And I think you guys would agree with us on that. All right, Cyrus jumps in, says, what do you guys think of Darren Lee as a less expensive cover linebacker? He was a common, popular – Broncos fans were kind of pining for him on the trading block in 2018 mm-hmm. leading up to the 2018 trade deadline. And he ended up getting dealt from the Jets, former first-round pick from Ohio State, to the Kansas City Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. yeah, And didn't exactly hit the ground running – for that defense the way I think a lot of fans in Kansas City hoped and expected him to. I'm not that stoked on it. You wonder what he could do in a Fangio scheme outside of that. You know, as long as he was – if he was open to taking not that minimum, but if he was taking a team-friendly deal, I, would, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him in. Yeah. A lot of
3: that hype has died down and I'm not, you know, they had their chance to get Darren Lee and they pass on him a couple times and and Fangio showed last offseason that he, he can really work with whatever is an inside linebacker. They're not going to devote, I think a lot of resources to getting that guy. So pick up a guy in the draft mid round prospect
2: and go to work with him next to Todd Davis and uh, Alexander Johnson. James jumps back in and says, I think chase young should go. Number one, the QBs are met. Appreciate the donation, James. You know, we love you, you. I was talking about this with a friend of mine earlier this week. As much as I was impressed by the all-time caliber season that Joe Burrow had, there's a part of me that's wondering and worrying, if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, about him being kind of a one-year wonder. I know he started more than one year, two years at LSU, et cetera. But I'm a little bit concerned about that because he doesn't really have elite physical traits, per se. Like, he doesn't have that rocket arm, He's not a Lamar Jackson as far as running around with the ball. What he does bring to the table that you can't teach and is just an intangible that teams covet at the next level, Zach, that pocket awareness and ability to navigate the pocket in the face of pressure, standing tall, delivering the ball with, with uh, precision. He's an accurate thrower of the ball. And that, that competitive spirit, you just can't, you can't buy that. You can't teach that to guys. They either have it or they don't. So, would I say that it, quarterback class is meh? I mean, no. Nah, if you're in the market for a quarterback, I do have a slight worry about Burrow. But if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm still taking him and not even second-guessing it. Yeah, there's been worse worse draft classes for quarterbacks.
3: I'm not huge on Burrow, but Chase Young, you can make the case for the number one draft pick for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a generational pass rusher, the Joey Bosa mold or, you know, uh, someone like that. But quarterbacks are always going to get that 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 preference, that higher priority, and that's why he's going to go number one to the Bengals.
2: So I have to see how it plays out. All right. Let me see. I want to make sure we're not missing any super chat superstars. Black Knight jumps in with a $10 oh, donation. You. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank He says, figure I drop a hello before I go jogging. So glad to get out of the KC area and have a hotel that has a gym for another clothing idea. How about some workout shorts? Zach, we'll have to look at our fulfillment provider on the merch and see what's available. we'll, We'll check it out for you.
3: Yeah, we have the the uh, tank top right now up on the store, so we can definitely, uh, now that it's springtime going into the summer, when people can go outside and travel again without this virus you know, wreaking havoc,
2: then we'll, we'll see if we can add uh, shorts to the store for sure. D-Dub brings some context to his previous question. He says, I get the scheme fit rationale with Chase Claypool. I also understand the other needs. Flexibility as well as depth as the wide receiver and tight end position get a shot of adrenaline. Again, if the Broncos did take Claypool in the third round or fourth, if he was there in the fourth, I don't think he will be, but Uh, We're not about to poo-poo that. We're just saying on the surface, on the on, you know, they might have other pressing needs. But he is a very intriguing player, and it will be interesting to see how his draft story ends up shaking out. All right, one more I wanted to grab here from one of our super chat superstars. It's not a super chat per se, but he has been one of our most ardent supporters of the podcast and Mile High Huddle, as you can see from his. I would say handsome profile pick, rocking that swag. Jordan says, hey, Chad and Zach, last pod you guys discussed Elway's draft philosophy, intangibles, leadership, football IQ, competitiveness. Can each of you mention a prospect that you like with these traits? Um, A prospect. Hmm. I'd have to give that some thought because – I'm not as well versed in terms of the backstory of a lot of these guys in terms of their scouting report, right? Like I know what a lot of guys can do. I know what, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are as, as physical players, but on the intangible side, Jordan, I hate to disappoint you. That's probably a question that's better served for tomorrow night when uh, building the Bronx, or No, it's uh, dove Valley deep divers tomorrow night, Eric and Lance ask those guys. Cause off the cuff, there's no one that really comes to mind for me. I'm thinking if
3: you're talking about backstory and intangibles, work ethic, talent, ability, all that. Uh, Javon Kinlaw jumps out to me considering his story. He was homeless and he came back and you know he's now a first round draft prospect. Um Chase Young has all the qualities you want, you know, pretty much an elite prospect there, but I'm with Chad. It's like that's that's there's bigger, deeper divers that can that can answer that question that I think will yeah, I mean, uh, give you a better answer.
2: That's what they do. You know, the, that's the whole point of of the way I've gone about putting together a staff at mile high huddle is you as a leader, you got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And you bring on guys that can check boxes that you can't, that can cover weaknesses per It's not exactly a weakness per se, but it takes a lot of time. One thing people don't realize when a guy like Eric, Nick, Carl, Lance, those guys, the amount of time they spend scouting the draft, compiling the big boards, watching tape, it would blow your mind. And for guys like Zach and I, who are responsible for covering news, bringing you daily podcasts every day and managing the site, managing all the social media. We don't have as much time to do that. type. It doesn't mean we don't do any of that type of stuff. We just don't have as much time, which is why it's so valuable for us to have those guys as a resource for the site and as a resource for you guys. Eric says, you guys rock been watching you on Facebook forever. First night here on YouTube. Well, it's good to have you brother. Last one. Thank from you. Tom, and we're out for tonight guys. He says on YouTube, do we take LaVisca Chenault if he falls to us in the second, even if mm. we get rugs? If the first half of that, I would say yes, generally speaking. If he yeah. was there in the second round, I think yes, that's definitely a player the Broncos take a chance on, his injury history notwithstanding. But if it was rugs first at pick 15, I don't think they actually end up taking Chenault if he's there in round two, Zach. But who knows? I know obviously they've been. Well, if you think about it, Benjamin Albright had that report that they could double up in the draft relatively high premium rounds on wideout. So you can't rule it out. I think they
3: will double up, but it's going to go something like first and third round or second and fourth round. I don't think they go back-to-back with those picks, considering the needs along the offensive line and everywhere else. If they go O-line with Becton or Werfs in round one, then they will go, I think, Chenault or Rager in round two. But I, I wouldn't know about back-to-back. If they get rugs, they're pretty good at wide receiver, and they could just add another depth
2: guy later on in the draft. Lavar wants to know, if the Broncos need a veteran, should we bring back Simeon? Zach has semi-advocated for that as a possibility, whereas I've kind of advocated more for Keenum, but it's definitely a possibility. But, guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Once again, closing out another phenomenal, great week of the show. Thanks to you guys, and thank you for joining us, contributing to the conversation. All the questions were great. If we didn't get your question tonight, circle back. We'll uh, we'll tackle it Sunday night, and hopefully on Sunday, we're talking about the legal tampering period opening the next morning, and there's no changes to the weather, hopefully, Zach, as it relates to the NFL.
3: Yeah, I hope as well that uh, nothing is pushed back. I want to give a quick shout-out to David Kilgore. Hey, Zach, miss you have, having you on Facebook Live. I miss those Facebook Live, guys. Anyone who's tuning in that used to watch me on the 24-7, uh, I do miss you. I appreciate you. Shout you guys out.
2: Amen. All right, guys, couple of quick reminders. There will be a podcast tomorrow night, and I think they go at 530 I don't know the exact reason why they go a little bit earlier than all the other shows. The rest of the week it has something to do with one of their schedules, but you'll have Del Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, 530 live on um, 530 Mountain, 730 Eastern. They're doing another show Saturday. They're going to do two shows each and every week leading up to the draft. So stay tuned for that. Have your draft questions ready. Any of the draft questions we missed or didn't answer to your satisfaction, have them ready for those guys. And in the meantime, also. Make sure, guys, that you are following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. And also, as you can see there, whoop, it's being a little finicky. And also at Mile High Huddle. Check those two boxes. And while you're at it, follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen. Check out the merch store, huddle We love you guys. Stay safe. Don't be as irresponsible as me touching your face all the time. But I promise you, I've washed my hands since last I was out and about. But it's still a cautionary reminders act because I do have three little kids in this house and they're all Petri dishes. When they come home from school and they've been around and out and about, they're like little walking Petri dishes. So I probably should be smarter about that. But hey, what are you going to do?
3: I think we'll be okay though, Chad. Hopefully uh, everyone hangs in there in your household.
2: Have a good weekend, my friend. You as well. Everyone else have a good weekend. Mile high salute to all our Super Chat superstars from tonight. We will be shouting you out on Twitter after the pod. For Zach Kelberman. I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you again Sunday night, 6:15 Mountain, 8:15 Eastern.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
4: I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, He's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.